Pinhole smile. And they began walking on the water pinholes and they were prickly but easy to balance on. And the mist was still on. And as they walked onto it and walked up the sky it opened up and it began to rain. Each time drop clock. Hey everybody. It's time. For some call me Tim slash the Altacast. <laughs> You're on mutinyradio.sf. Dot .fm and dot .sf. All right, it's 420. I'm already a little high. That's absolutely true. You're welcome. It's not going I don't think it's going to make for a better show. We'll see. I actually have four performances tonight. So, dear god. All right, only one of them's booked. The rest of them are all open mics, but still, I'm performing four times tonight. So, ooh, do. I'm actually super close to getting that 69 goal that I'm trying. Last month I did 66. And I'm trying to have an inordinate amount of stage time. And so I'm going for 69 because it's a funny number in a 30-day month. And I'm getting it done. Surprisingly, uh, thanks. Big shout out to Hillary Lannon. She's been driving my ass around <laughs> over the bridge and back for open mics. So that's amazing. So thank you to her. And there is a show for her AIDS life cycle that you can go see next Thursday, the 28th. 7.30, I believe the doors are, at the Great Star Theater. And it's called Giggle Fit. And because she's, like, fit now, because she's been riding her bike, and it's for the AIDS life cycle. So she's raising five grand to be able to have the privilege to ride 545 miles down the coast of California. And she's been practicing. And uh, all right, Hillary Landon, shout out. So Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, I'm sure will be here momentarily. I've got a little... Billy Joel, because you know, right after this. this thing at all. We haven't seen this thing turned on in, well, a couple of years, and it was pretty fine back then. We'd love to stay and chatter about it, but our fellas have to get on with several light years worth of time and materials, which you lot think is just a freak asteroid. Yes, 
yourself that you forgot what you need Though you could see when you're wrong You know you can't always see when you're right You're right You got your passion, you got your pride But don't you know that only fools are satisfied Dream on, but don't imagine they'll all come true Ooh, when will you Yeah, I love Billy Joel. What of it? All right, uh, I'm going to flip it over. We're going to listen to a couple more Billy Joel songs. This is my favorite album, The Stranger. Um, on one side, it starts with Moving Out. On the second side, it's got Vienna. Uh, my other favorite one is the one with Honesty and a Big Shot. I might play that next. Depends on when Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, shows up. So, yeah, yeah. I hope she's coming today. We don't know. Who knows? It's 420, everybody. I got a bowl packed. I just have no way to light it. So...
out uh like i said i love billy joel we're still waiting for latoya the sheriff of truth so i'm gonna put on billy joel 52nd street my first on side a first two favorite songs some of my favorite billy joel songs ever um big shot and honesty uh, makes me think about christy brinkley and their relationship
can find a friend I can have security Oh, tell the bitter end Anyone can comfort me With promises again Nothing while I'm gone. But when I want sincerity, tell me where else can I turn? Cause you're the one that I Joel. Gosh darn it, Billy Joel. You really brought the passion on that one. <laughs> like, it's so hard. I love it. I love you, Billy Joel. Thanks for doing what you do. Uh, we've got Latoya the Sheriff of Truth in the house. It's 420. We're going to be right back with, you know, all kinds of stuff. I'm dressed like a hippie space witch for a show at Barbary Coast at 630 tonight, which is the 420 show. So... <laughs> Well, there we had it. We had a little a little rock block by Billy Joel to start us out because I love him. <laughs> it has nothing to do with 420 at all. But though he, we know he smokes. Does he? I know he drinks. Oh, he drinks. I mean, well, if he does it, or I'm sure he partakes in. I hope he does. I hope so too. I, hope, I, hope, I mean, definitely hope so. You wouldn't get this good music, right? Well, I mean, I know that he. I heard rumors that he doesn't play anymore or whatever and he hangs out at some bar in Long Island like a regular person he just sits there and drinks and I'm like oh my god I want to find this bar and meet Billy Joel and be like dude yeah he's a heavy drinker I love it yeah but he also used to partake in other well that show I played or the show the the first song Big Shot it's all about doing cocaine yeah (laughs) it's uh that's good stuff all right, it's 420. Any special plans for 420? Uh, after this, I am going to Hippie Hill. Oh, very nice. I have not been on 420 before. Oh, wow. So out of the eight years I've lived here, this is my first time going to Hippie Hill. Yeah, we used to, um, the Sylvan guys at, used to have a show they do at Hippie Hill on 420 with like a portable PA and do comedy out there. And, and uh, not not this year. I'm not. I've got too many open mics to hit. <laughs> I'm Which is your own version of a nice 420. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to... I get to... I, If I choose to drink today, I get to do that. That's part of my thing. I'm sober for the last two days. So I have the option if I so choose. Um, in my first book show, it's an early one. It's at 6.30, so I'm not too concerned about, like, 
And it's and it's at a dispensary. So oh, yeah, what? Barbary Coast. So I'm gonna hit. Nice. I'm gonna hit the Eagle open mic. I'm pre-signed number two, and that starts at six. So I'll go there, and then I'll run to Barbary Coast to do my set over there, and then I'll run back. And I'm getting a ride from my buddy Hill, Hillary Hill Dog Hilo down to Hometown Heroes in South San Francisco, and then going back up here to Milk Bar tonight for the. So in the night at Milk Bar. Yeah. Uh, oh, and so I have to get my card back from Sunday. Oops. <laughs> at Milk Bar. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's actually a great place to end the night as well because people, I'm sure, will be straggling slowly from Golden Gate. Oh, my God. But it's like, it doesn't, that open mic doesn't start till 10. You, you, pot, yeah. you know, they pot, have potheads you fall have, asleep in the. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there's the people who are like the people who get off work in the evening. So I'm sure. I'm not worried about having an audience there. It's just I, for me right now. It's all about the time because I'm gonna hit these 69. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm actually absolutely on track to do it. To do 69 sets in 30 days. Ooh. Yeah. I'm at. Last night I just did 49 at Artichoke, so I'm today 50 at Eagle, 51 Barbary Coast, 52 Hometown Heroes, 53 Milk Bar. And I still, I know, and I still have a full week to go. So I'm, I still have 10 or after tomorrow, nine full days. So I'm absolutely on track to, which I think is insane. It's an insane amount of stage time. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty, I mean, you usually do about like, if you're doing sets, you don't do a set per night. So that's why you're pretty good about, that's why you're probably at the number that you're at. Cause you usually do what? And no more than like you do three. I well, I I run six weekly shows, so I get no matter what I get six shows a week. So without even trying, and that doesn't even count the podcasts. So without trying, it's twenty four a month with just the stuff I'm doing, and then there's other people's shows that I get booked on, and then there's other open mics I like to support. So, I mean. I don't mean to toot my horn, but I'm gonna, I've been, I mean, I've been doing, I've been performing a lot and I feel like it's making me a way better comedian also cause I've been more sober. <laughs> so I'm, I'm able to like be more present for my sets and I don't know. The only thing that makes you better in comedy is stage time. And so I'm yeah. hitting it really hard. Yeah. And that, and I mean, of course you're perfecting your craft. So on top of, you know, in the world of uh, comedy, alcohol and other things usually come involved. So the fact of the matter, we were talking about maybe about the beginning of the month of your process of how to uh, budget and budget your sobriety. Yeah, well. exactly. And I've been actually talking to people about this and they're like, you're actually managing you're that's the thing with alcoholics is you know if you are you're when you're, well when you're unable to manage your alcohol intake and i think that i had you know come to jesus talk with myself before anything crazy happened and i was like okay here's how we mitigate our alcohol intake and i've really like i've been keeping it i am drinking so much less than i used to that it's like it's eye-opening because I'm like, wow, I really was drinking a lot. I, I didn't think that three IPAs a night consistently for months and months and months. I didn't think that was like a lot. But now I'm like, oh, my God, I was having three IPAs a night for <laughs> how many months in a row? Wow. I just didn't even, And the, the good thing is you weren't really spending money 
no. either no. only just like with tipping and tipping stuff like stuff, that yeah. so the good thing it wasn't hurting your pocketbook it was just only, only hurting your insides sure <laughs> or and my and my my brain yeah um but now i'm like you know and i'm think i'm choosing to drink tonight i'm pretty sure of it i have some wine over there i haven't started yet um <laughs> From the other night that I didn't finish. So, Wine and weed. Yeah, which is... Anyway. Do... And I keep kind of having that come to you to talk with myself. Do I have a problem with alcohol? Not right now because it's kind of under control. But it's the same thing as, you know, do... Have I been battling with an eating disorder my whole life? But do I mitigate that as well? Yeah, like... I do things to... I don't know. Like, I try to take my neuroses or I don't know I'm 47 I'm I'm living life everything's fine I'm not falling on my face oh gosh I'm not not on a skateboard yeah no not on the skateboard anymore good yeah just walking (laughs) and uh trying to I don't know but everybody be safe when you're drinking and don't drink and drive ever 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 and that's the thing I've been recognizing as so the person who's been driving me around she's sober too so she's a sober driver and she's fantastic but I see people all the time go from mic to mic and I when when you get at at least at my OMG show when you get a drink you get an extra two minutes so I often see people at multiple mics drinking and I know that they drove there and it's not my business to like get in there and say hey man like when I was 32, I got a DUI and it cost a lot of money and it cost way less because I decided never to drive again. Mm-hmm. But if you keep driving after you have a DUI, exponential costs with yeah, insurance yeah. and jumping through hoops and oh God. You have to care, uh, put a breathalyzer, I believe, in your car. Oh my God. That's how what, that they do in California. Because I got mine in Illinois, so it was a little bit different. And But I think when you're talking about intervening is when you know when you absolutely know that that person cannot drive that is usually the time to intervene but 0.08 is not that much it isn't and i think people forget and the way to mitigate that is with food that's the word of the day mitigate uh yeah it's uh the way to mitigate that is with food and so that if you do drink it absorbs it and it changes your blood alcohol level and all those things but 0.08 it's two drinks in an hour yeah it's not much and that's, for me, I'm small, so it's actually like one and a half drinks in an hour. But I don't drive anymore, so it doesn't matter. But, <laughs> to dump up. I remember there was these signs that used to be up that said, buzz driving is drinking and driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buzz and so, you know, that's another thing, you know. I mean, it, I get it. You know, as someone that used to have a vehicle before my DUI days, days, day. Day. Uh, um, moment. Um, I would be like okay i'm buzzed if i get one more i'm done but i can make it home and seeing as it may be it became costly when you got that dui and you know also as a former bartender you know when it's just like is this time to take their keys away is it time to and even on stage and even when you used to do comedy it's just like you know do you want to like go someplace and sober up or you want to crash at my house Mm. i don't you know but people are also worried about getting towed get sure, tickets sure. you know rather than their health well but it is so much cheaper to get your car towed than it is to get a dui so leave your car the 410 the 600 the thousand dollars even 
drop in the bucket compared to a, a 10, DUI. $12,000 yeah, yeah. DUI. And, you, and you could hurt someone, you could hurt yourself, et cetera, et cetera. Don't drink and drive people. I know it's like the least of our worries. <laughs> people are like, drink, you can drive me, but it's it still a thing. Be. It's still a thing. I think, you know, and here's the thing. You and I got ours when there was no such thing as a car service like mm -hmm. Uber there was and no, Lyft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think now, un unless you live in a rural area, which is mm, uh, in the suburbs, I think if you live in an uh, urban dwelling, you should not honestly be even trying to drink and drive. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, yeah like you just said, it you save so much more money just to get that tow rather than that DUI. I mean, you have you have options now. Yeah, and if you're parked and you're in a parking space, they don't come ticket until nine and usually ten. So you honestly get an Uber home, take a bus back in the morning, take an Uber back in the morning. Yeah, it's still going to be way cheaper, and just everybody be safe and especially 420 i know we're all smoking but everybody be safe as you're zipping around in the world i am i'm gonna say something quite controversial um but i think who still drives drunk in the city and you live in the city and you're gambling with the dui you're a fucking idiot <laughs> yeah the, i mean you there were so you got yours when you were 32 I was 32 yeah. yeah so that again before car services I got mine in 2007, so I was 25. Sure. So you mean I mean, too, 2007. That's so funny. Oh, We've yeah, talked about right. that before. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and so I, it just, I just feel like you have so many options now to avoid. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what I mean. Yeah. Everybody be safe. Yeah. Uh, 420. So you're gonna big plans. You're gonna go out there to the yes. Hippie Hill and so Hippie Hill party um, around. And today to was like my second day at work office so for 20 awesome so like as like um on my way to work i was like smelling the air and it smelled so good yeah it yeah. didn't smell like sewage it smelled like trees it's my favorite holiday it's the holiday for weed and as i'm walking around people are like looking at me funny in my outfit and i was like okay i'm a hippie space witch it's 420 happy 420 <laughs> everyone hippie space witch here hippie space witch yeah getting it done <laughs> but um Ooh, I've got new jokes too. Here's my new. Um, I've got new openers, and I can't, don't think I can do them tonight because I'm wearing the hippie space outfit. But it goes. Um, they say you are what you eat. I just got my 23 and Me back. I'm 72% Trader Joe. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and then I say, hey, everybody, we love Trader Joe's. We love Trader Joe's. Okay, on three, we're all gonna yell our favorite thing to get from Trader Joe's. One, two, three. Grapefruit juice. Oh, edamame, interesting. Um, and then I work the crowd. I hear what they say, oh. and I go like, I'll be like, those peanut butter pretzels have saved my life a billion times. Now they've got almond butter in them. They're dipping them in chocolate. They're crazy. Last night, one guy was like, I don't like chocolate. I'm like, sacrilege. But then there's a secondary punchline because I say, I said grapefruit juice. I drink a lot of Trader Joe's grapefruit juice. I need the acid because I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> Which is a chemistry joke. And then and then I do like, it kind of goes into this alcoholic thing I do with the another chemistry joke. But that, that secondary chemistry joke only works if you know basic chemistry. And some audiences do, and they laugh real hard. And some don't, and they're like, you're a scary alcoholic. And I'm like, you're stupid because you don't understand basic chemistry. But it's, um, it's a joke about 
vomiting water in the morning into a cup and having a child take the temperature of the water and how many calories did I burn being an alcoholic? And it's because if you raise one ounce of water one degree, that's a calorie. Really? When you're yeah, when you're doing chemistry. And so that's how you measure things in in chemistry. I don't remember a lot of AP chemistry, but I do remember that. <laughs> so bless you. You knew it was coming. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I've got and that's been crazy to write new jokes and then be trying them and then having them work. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> so. I See, I probably would have been one of those people in the audience that would have been like, crickets? Crickets. Because I did terrible did in terrible. chemistry. Yeah. Or I would have just been like, ha ha, pH balance, like I just said. Sure, sure, sure. So I'm like, no, actually, no. It's not it, girl. Yeah, it's, uh, I was in line at Trader Joe's last week getting my grapefruit juice and I thought of that joke and I told the lady while she was packing up my groceries I was like hold on just one sec before I pay I have to write this down otherwise I'll forget it it's this funny funny joke and so I wrote it down and then I finished packing my groceries but she was like yeah sure take your time but I really if I wouldn't have written it down I'd, I absolutely would have forgotten it you forgot about yeah the other thing I've been working on is um, speaking French in one of my jokes because I realized I have this one set where I, I talk about a lot of French things. Like I, I mentioned I just cut French Botox. That's bangs. I say, I'm a Monet. I look good from far away. And then you get up close and you're like, dots and slashes. What's holding this image together? Um, and so I have all these French like homages to that. And then I have the Gillette joke, which is about shaving and stuff. But G-A, Gillette, is a French word. So I looked it up and I memorized it. And it's G-A, le uh, le, le meilleur on puisse avoir, je ne serai jamais assez bon, which is I'll never be good enough. And regularly in the joke, I say, Gillette, the best a man can get. I'll never That's be good enough. And so I, I, the first two punchlines I do in English, and now the third time I do it in French. And then when I'm like doing it, people are looking at me. I'm like, yeah, I speak French and nobody wants me. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I go into this thing of like, look, I took ballet. I speak French. I, I was a cheerleader. I'm a disappointment. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. It's my new set, and it's funny. It's because, anyway, I like it. Oh, Pam's new jokes Pam's for the new, new springtime. Springtime jokes. Springtime jokes. Wait, tomorrow's actually. Oh. I think tomorrow's the first day. Right, spring. it's the. Equinox. Equinox, the spring Ooh, equinox. That's all these exciting. changes. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm I'm kind of, I'm in the middle of change and transition right now. Yeah. Where it's like transitioning from a new career to a new career. Sure. And then also going, you know, I'm still thinking we are in the pandemic. In my mind, I, we, I still believe we are. But even walking around downtown where I was, it seemed like everything was okay. I took a test last night, actually. Uh -huh. I, I have a bunch of home COVID tests. And I was having an intense bout of hot flashes. And they were so intense that I was like, dear God, do I have COVID? <laughs> And I swabbed myself and I took a test. No, I'm negative. So I'm still, like that fear is still there. Yeah. Because I am riding the bus, but obviously with a mask. And in the stores, people aren't wearing masks anymore. I wear my mask in a store. I, I don't know. Do. Some people do, some people don't. Some people are wearing, I mean, and everyone is taking the precautions that they feel are necessary and that's great. But I'm still, that underlying fear still exists with me, which is why I have six at home tests and I took one last night. So. Yeah, I think the um, the ban on airlines, they lift the ban on airlines with uh, the masks. Wow. And I, that's another, th I feel kind of, 
I've, I mean, that's exciting for when I go to Greece. Oh my God, I have a 14 hour flight. I, that do I, makes sense. I mean, I will have it and probably wear it some of the time, but I can't. I mean, oof. I'm just worried about, you know, because yes, it is a long flight whenever you're doing international, but for domestic, because I think Americans are much more. Are dirtier? Yeah, yeah. fair. Well, yeah, I was overhearing a conversation the other day and someone was saying that one of their buddies said he doesn't wash his hands after he poops. Oh, come on. And I was like, that's like basic. I, I, I don't know why. I think Who that you? I know. Well, they've been calling it self-care lately. And I'm that's like, I thought we called it hygiene. Like, gross. That's not self-care is for you to take care of thyself, which right. means to wash your. So that means if he doesn't, that person doesn't wash their hands. What else do they not wash? Gross. Ew, and butt. and my fr- my other friend was like, "That's how you get hooks," and I was like, "Oh my god, hookworms! Those still exist." Um, uh, but I, I almost guess- asked you, "I'm like hooks." Yeah. What? Um, yeah, gross. Sorry, is- I didn't mean to get. Why did I all of a sudden shift to poop? That I'm sorry about that. Well, because you're talking, we're talking about lift, like the mask. Oh and right, dirtiness, washing your hands. And that is something, even as a three-year-old, we were, well, I hope most of us were taught. But it's, you got to sing the whole happy birthday song and a lot of people, or there's a couple different songs to sing. And all of us, that was the funniest thing when COVID happened. And they're like, this is how you wash your hands. It's like 20 seconds of soap and then this, and then you get to, because your fingernails and all the stuff and you wash. And people were like, 20 seconds? Which also I was like, that's, that's a lot, but that's, I guess that's what it is. And so now I'm not that I'm becoming an obsessive hand washer, OCD, OCD, <laughs> but OCD. still I, I do. I mean, I, I do wash my hands a lot. Yeah. I carry sanitizer a lot, all the time with me. I wash my hands. I'm really bad about doing the birthday song, but I yeah. either, I do both either sanitize, wash my hands, especially before food. Or anything else so here's how gross San Francisco boys are and I don't know if it's just comedians or if it's just because actually that's fair the only comedians are the only people I hang out with a lot of them don't brush their teeth every day oh you can see teeth sweaters are on you, adults are, are, are on they, adult are they smokers men. too some of them oh no. um, I know but tooth at literal tooth sweaters like so I remember this moment in fifth grade where I was shamed. I was shamed. I, there was a day I forgot to brush my teeth before I went to school. And I was shamed by Matt Richards. And I remember you, Matt. And actually, I know him so we're friends on Facebook. Matt Richards. In fifth grade, he looked at me and he goes like, oh, my God. Are you cold out? Your teeth have a sweater. Something like that. And I'd forgotten to brush my teeth that day. And I was mortified. And I went in the bathroom and I scrubbed my teeth with my shirt. And I scrubbed all my teeth. And I rinsed my mouth out. And I scrubbed them all again with my t-shirt. And then I went back to class. And I was just so mortified. Um, But I never forgot to brush my teeth before I left the house. I don't think ever again. There might be one. I think there was one instance a while back where I was out in the world and I was like, oh my God, I forgot to brush my teeth this morning because I was just too high or something. <laughs> I think I, I, I've i always carried, well, not always, but since they've had the Listerine strips mm. and during my um, my wild days uh, when I would be doing the walk of shame mm. at like eight in the morning, sure. I Been didn't there. have a toothbrush at that person's home. So I at least have a Listerine strip. There you go. So 
when I get home, I can like wash, brush my teeth. Well, wash everything, of yeah. course. Yeah. But you know, that would probably be the time, and then plus, like maybe camp. Yeah. yeah. But the fact of the matter is, boys aren't adult boys. Adult boys in San Francisco. Are they incels? No, no, they're just <laughs> comedians. I I don't know what it is. It's the grocer of the comedians, but it happens. I think no, maybe they're on so many no. drugs sometimes they just forget. I don't, I, it doesn't happen. No, I can't give you that one. It doesn't happen. The fact that we already talked about someone who don't wash their hands after they, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then on top of that, you don't brush your teeth. Mm -hmm. Not every day it's sad. I don't, ugh. Okay, so here's another totally different thing because I don't understand dating and I don't know how it works, but my friend Hilo, she is on the Bumbles. And yesterday I was watching her swipe and stuff and it was fun to watch her and i was like oh, oh he's cute and i was like oh he, but he's short or whatever and i was like looking at all, and then when they match it goes ding and i was like ah and i'd make a little noise and she was like okay you're bumbling over my shoulder and i was like i'm sorry it's fun but i can't imagine learning a new app where people make choices on you it feels i don't know there's something gross about it like of with intrinsic worth and and external looks and where our value structure and system is and I I just don't think that I can put my I think in the reason that I haven't ever had a dating profile is that I don't feel comfortable putting myself in that space to be judged on the way that I present in photographs I just don't and a couple words and like some podcasts or something uh, I think you're Dating profile would be excellent, honestly. Ugh, but it's, I don't like the idea of saying, and it almost like it's like you're a feminist. Advertising. It's, yeah, it's, but you're putting already your, doing that without the app, believe it or not. When we talked about like when we as women, when we put on makeup mm -hmm. and stuff like that, we're kind of advertising or making ourselves feel better. Um, and I take it that way a little bit with certain, some of the dating ads. I think it's kind of fun, actually, because I enjoy seeing men always take the same stupid picture of them in the mirror, boat. in the bathroom with a shirt off or on. Every There's always one with a shirt off if their bot is good. There's always one on a boat with a dog. You have a dog on a boat? Is it <laughs> your dog? Is it your boat? Can your dog swim? Like, what is happening here? Um... Sometimes there were kids that was fun to look at and because oh, I am sweet. I mean I am kind of shopping to be a stepmom But I was looking at my friend's thing and she's the same age as me And so I was looking at the options of men that are in my range and I was like, huh? Huh, but I can't imagine they're looking for somebody my age I'd think they'd be looking for 26 year olds because they're you know relatively good-looking 42 to 46 year old men Well, what I do like about some of the dating apps like Bumble is one um it gives more of the women their lead. Yeah, you have to, to ask first or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, it's not us that are being, like, on the auction block. I know. That's what I felt. It was like I didn't want to say it because <laughs> I don't really have. I mean, it's not. It has nothing to do with slavery. It is no. nothing. And auction block has that kind of idea. But it's that's kind of what bothers me is that I feel like I feel like I'd be up for sale. And I'm presenting myself as something to be acquired. Right. And I, I don't even know if, I don't know if I want to be acquired. Like, um, yeah, that's, 
or if, I mean, the, the most important relationships in my life right now are my cats uh, and my sourdough starter, Gary. Like those are, that's kind of what I'm focused on. And, and my relationship with stage time, like that's, and that's enough for me. It honestly is like, I feel pretty fulfilled. I, um, my friend, so a lot of, you know, I think you met some of my friends, but the majority of them are single. Um, one of uh, my friends, she recently went on a date on Monday. I, I don't, she's on hinge i believe mm. so hinge is the one i'm not familiar with that one but i guess that's more of the i know their advertising slogan which is you get off it you get on it to get off it like the, that you're supposed to you're supposed to it's it's supposed to be so quick and great that they want you to not be on it anymore like that's the goal on hinge is that because those are the people that are looking for something serious not right. like some fuckery right so that's the, the that's the idea is that it's there for you to find a relationship so you never need a dating app again. Like that's how they sold it. Because I remember when they opened up and I saw it on the Bart and I was like, oh, that's a cute little slogan. Except how are they going to make money if isn't it better if everybody's just perpetually single and they continue paying for their app? Well, Why would they want people to get off? <laughs> you want them to pay forever. Yeah, you would think they're going the opposite way of marketing. Right. Um, but yet it still works and it seems like there it um it seems like people 30 plus mm. and even uh, when i was going through well we were going she was showing me mm. um i saw a lot of, like a lot of people who were divorced or mm. who had kids professionals sure sure it wasn't like anything from like my first dating app was oh god uh plenty of fish Ooh. that oof hot mess that was just like if you just wanted to have a good time that was before tinder and then okay cupid was after that and so and i played a little bit with bumble just because because yeah. i just want to see like it all to me some of the dating apps like bumble make me feel good about myself in other words like i Get still matches. got it yeah sure, i'm not sure. gonna answer but i know i still got it mm. rather than go out and be like do I still got it? See, the thing is, I barely understand how to use Instagram. There's no way I can learn any of these other apps. Oh, it's easy. To, uh, Instagram, to me, Instagram is the easiest in contrast to, I have a TikTok now. Oh, my God. I am still working on that. And oh, dear I'm, God. And then what was no, the one? No, it's good. You're moving along with the future. I can't. I just can't even. You can't. Stop I don't. How about can't. how about I don't want to? I, that it, makes that yeah, different. I don't. I don't want it. If you don't want to, rather yeah, than you can't, then yeah. I could totally understand. Yeah, that. I don't. I just. I cannot imagine what turmoil and strife adding a dating app to my life would be. It would be. It would, and I honestly don't have time. If anybody wants to date me and they want to see me. Come to a show. Come to an open mic. Come to a there show. Hang out with me all night. I'm going to bars. It's actually really fun. See? Like, if Thank you like you. comedy and you like me, go out. come public. out Come out with me. You don't have to go to all three open mics. You can just hang out with me for one. Watch my set. We'll hang out. Make out outside. Make me look cool in front of those dicky comedians. And then take off. And then I'll go do more open mics. And I'll see you on a night where I don't have a bunch of shit going on. But you know what? And this is I used I used to be very not open to the whole dating app thing because I am like you and I still am where well, I'm not single anymore. But if you want to talk to me or if you want to meet real people and touch them and see them and get their presence, go out. Yeah. Be present. Yeah. But 
I see as living here in SF as long as I have why people do the dating apps because well even as a bartender ex-bartender I would see people at the bar on their dating app yeah and would not be talking I'm like this is your chance to do right. that shit at home right, right, or on right. the train sure sure rather than because you're missing out on the real world and stuff going around you rather than swiping left swipe like you know right so conversation is key like do you know how many people i've met at the bar friends and not friends anymore <laughs> well all of that too if you if anyone is ever interested in me come up to me after my set and talk to me buy me a drink whatever or don't buy me a drink i might not be drinking get me a glass of water listen to my set but i'm like give me a hit of joint yeah it's it's just it's funny because so i ended up talking to i was on a show last saturday at neck of the woods and i met a young man named dylan he was 30 he was very nice we had a wonderful conversation he was single i was single but neither of us were interested i gave him a drink ticket we talked forever though and it was great that's all. That's good. And anyway. he was cute. And he was young. Whatever. He was in his 30s. He was 30. He was. He just turned 30. He was cute. So 1992. Yeah. God, it's just so <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, you could have been a high school mama. Aw. Class of 92. Yeah. <laughs> so lucky that I dodged all those bullets. You um, know, I, I think, you know, I do agree with the fact that, you know, with things now opening, well, opening up a little bit more. People's social anxiety has still is still high, and people are still afraid to like be around others or meet people. Sure, which I find really weird. Well, I, I don't. You know. I just haven't even had any. I've literally been thinking about like clean. I've cleaned my room because it was like ugh, no one could ever come over here. Not that there's even a spark or anyone on the horizon. Um, so, uh, but I'm. It's not that I'm not open to the possibility. I'm certainly open. There's just nothing happening. And maybe with this springtime equinox shift, something will happen in the universe and we'll see. And it's, I'm open to whatever. Right. But you're, you, the good thing is you're out in the public more. Constantly. Yeah. And so, which is a good thing because you get to meet people that way. Well, and if people meet me and you want to hit on me, like Say I get something. But I, yeah, I get all these stupid Facebook messages that go into my empty box my gross box where it's like hey how you doing what's up beautiful blah 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 and it's like you fucking piece of shit what the, who the fuck are you man like what are you doing if you're seriously want if you're already on my page and checking it out and you want to fangirl me then fanboy me then fucking fanboy then go to a show you live in san francisco i'm not gonna chat if with you local, on facebook yeah. gross if you live anywhere in san francisco come out <laughs> Isn't uh, the DM thing really kind of irks me because so even on Instagram, I don't check my DMs and sometimes they're from friends that I'm like, oh shit. But the reason why I avoid my DMs on um, Instagram is because I get those messages of like, hey, beautiful, I saw your profile. Oh, like like yeah. Instagram is not a dating app, but unfortunately people use Facebook YouTube even <laughs> and Instagram as some kind of dating site. Well then, weird. Let's figure but this out, or and and back it up. That is it. That our as what is happening in our societal structure that we feel incomplete without a partner, and 
is there a model for being alone and not being alone, but not being alone, not necessarily being in some fulfilling relationship. Dating. Right. Like, but why, what, what is it fulfilling? Like, is it, are people bored? Do they just not have anything else to do with their time? Or why do we feel the constant need to find a partner? Um, I think some people, well, I know some women feel as like, oh, I have to find a partner because we're programmed to be at, married at a certain age, have kids, blah, blah, which it's starting to break away a little bit. But I also know <laughs> that some of us use it for sexual gratification, hmm. you know, which is another thing, you know, especially the, with Tinder. It's just hard for me to conceptualize sexual gratification with a person that I barely know like you're not that type of girl but they're not gonna figure out how to make me get off there's no way they're gonna figure it out if I've never met them before and then it just becomes a performative act of like I'm trying to be sexy because I'm getting something out of this sexual encounter that makes me feel worth does that make sense yes that's, that's very like if you're a good girl <laughs> ah, I see, I see. Yeah, there's a comedian, there's a new comedian on the scene and she talks about how like she's just this voracious sexual machine and she's like this constant cum dumpster and stuff. And I'm like, but then what guys are you pulling and are they hot guys? Because like, well, I don't know. I'm just... You've never been the kind of person, you, you're more of a monogamous kind of person. Uh, which, you know, there's not necessarily, I just want to have, I like hot guys and I like hot guys that want to be with me, just me. That's, wouldn't that be monogamy? I guess that would be monogamy. <laughs> that would be. But, but which is, which is fine because you're more of an old fashioned traditional. Um, and I respect that sometimes, you know, I wish it might, well, that's not, I, I had no self-control sometimes in my twenties, but that didn't mean that I slept with every Tom, Dick and Diane. Uh, <laughs> nice. But I think it, there comes a point when it starts to get repetitive and be, and where the sport is not fun anymore. And I, I started to realize I wasn't doing this uh, because I was enjoying it. I was doing it because he I like him for right now and he likes me. And so and there's a feeling there, but I don't even get that with anybody that anybody likes. Is it that once you're playing it as a sport, everyone knows what teams they're on and almost like you have a jersey that you can see that's invisible jersey. And it's like, you know, I'm fucking <laughs> is it that people don't. But if that's the thing, because I'm around all these people all the time and I know they're fucking. But no, it's like, do I must give off this vibe that like I'm not like that. And I want to be like that. And that's I just, not you. That's not your character. Well, I mean, do you I, want to be sexy, kind of like, yeah, like that film my... fatale kind of like? But I don't. You're not going to pull me into your bedroom tonight, or maybe and not next week. But, but it's just that there, no one's even showing any interest whatsoever, and it's not for me not putting out signals. I just not get and and. and Am I not reading other people right? No, or I, I think it's the the geography of where we're at of San Francisco. I really, I bet you you're you're going to Greece. So I bet you because you're going to Greece as a single woman. Yeah. So that's going to make a difference because huh. 
I bet you when you're out of town on your vacation, there's going to be, especially you're a medican woman, uh, <laughs> and you're adventurous. Oh, that's going to be a turn on for some of them dudes out there, hmm. you know. And I really think, and this is every single friend of mine can say that San Francisco is one of the hardest cities to date. Really? It is very hard because the ratio between men and women, gay, straight, that, there's that. And then this is a young city. I know. I think I'm just going for the wrong age group. Well, you like... Well, here's the thing, though. You like them born in the 90s. So, yeah. In the, in, the, in the late 80s. Yeah. So that's usually the ratio of men that are out and on the prowl or what have you, or maybe looking for a, a relationship. But it's something different about some of the dudes out here, I swear to God. Hmm. And I, my opinion of that, is, of that has not changed since 2013. I think the dudes out here are just... No, if, I'm not. I'm not saying all y'all, but they're y'all scared, huh? Of strong women, that or just going up and walking to a lady, huh? You know, it, it's just I, I. I think they're lazy. That's that, yeah. is that the word I'm looking for? I think for, they're lazy. Pam? Yeah, I think okay. they're lazy. I think they're just like eh. And that's I think that and that's the thing <laughs> with the ratio because there's more men than women. So they can have their own fair game of whatever kind of bra that they can get. Well, I see I see the men that are pulling. I, I know, okay, at least in the comedians I know. I know the one. And I see when they turn on the charm. Oh, my God. And it makes me a little crazy because I know how they interact with me and they never, they're never that charming. And I can see when they're talking to a girl how they change their body language, <laughs> how they change how they're putting their head, how they're looking. And it's like... I see what you're doing, and I, I get it when they're young like that, and it works. I just once they're over forty, I don't know. Maybe they're just not. No one's charming. It's that, or I think it's dudes. Really, it, honestly, I I think it's dudes that are anywhere between twenty-five to thirty-five. I think when you're getting the forty, forty-five, fifty spot, you're getting the divorces. Right, they have kids, and they have and, kids, yeah. or they're out of the house. Right, and right, those right, are right. usually sometimes the fun ones. Sure, because um, now they only have kids on weekends or something. That, or they're trying, they're experiencing another chapter in their life, yeah. and they have a little bit more freedom. Sure, and they they've already kind of been the shithead that they were before. Or also be careful, ladies. Or they're turning back into their shithead. Right, sure, sure, been. sure, yeah. They're so. like, Ugh. but then they're dating twenty-six-year-olds too. No, my age. they're not. You know, not all the time. Not eh. all the time. I because I've seen certain the age range on. I think on Bumble they'll show you the age range of the what the guy prefers. Huh. And when oh, I good. see right. when I see a guy that says an age range, and you're like in your forties or fifties, if I see you like say thirty between thirty and fifty, I'm like. You're not looking for a, so you're being you're appropriate. Not looking for a daughter. Yeah, you're, you're being age you. appropriate. I, well, that's the thing is I kind of am looking for a daughter. I would not mind becoming a stepmom in Walnut Creek. I, I mean, it would not well, I'm be in a daughter as a partner. Oh no, I yet. understand. <laughs> no, I'm 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 shopping for children. No, I and I don't necessarily <laughs> want kids. I'm, well, I never wanted to birth my own, but I would not be adverse to uh, getting, going into a stepmom role. Uh, but then it also would have to be like, I'm giving up. I'm not going to do comedy anymore. Because there's no way there's no way to do comedy and have a family. There's, I think that that's maybe 
what I'm butting up against is that comedy is its own mistress. Like you can't, you really can't do both. That's, I like that. And that's why I've been, and people keep saying you shouldn't try to date comedians. And I'm, they're just the people I'm I'm around. And I'm not, and I'm not dating them, but I like funny people. I just see it as, I just see it as a convenience, honestly, because that's your own dating app. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Is that, what if, I mean, because comedian, we'd all be in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it would be great for a little while until we broke up and then it would be awkward for a minute and then it'd be fine again. Yeah. But at least we'd all, we'd all be in the same place at the same time. And wouldn't that just be easy to have a little quiet romance? I just found, we were talking about the dating app. And I'm going to show you this. Yeah, I yeah, wish yeah, y'all yeah, could yeah. see this. But um, one of my friends found this dating, uh, this Jared. His name's Gareth. He's 36 years old. All right. Someone made this profile for him. But it says, serial sadistic abuser at beware. Wow. (laughs) I'm going to show you this when I'm done reading. Wow. So about me. This is the kind of shady shit that happens on these profiles. About me. Warning. Sadistic, serial verbal, and emotional abuser for over a decade. Unsafe, dishonest, polysex practices. Wears down women's self-esteem. Race play enthusiast, compulsive liar, highly manipulative, sex addicted, and uses women. Confirmed by multiple dates. Irish with an accent. I'm going to show you this guy. Oh, by the way, his his basics are he's well he's five seven, so Napoleon complex, active, graduate uh, graduate degree, drinks socially, smokes socially, does drugs socially. Uh, doesn't know about kids yet liberal oh and this is the funny part when they put on religion he's a buddhist <laughs> i want to see who this guy is he's not a real per this isn't a real person, is a real person. this is not real is, that is real that's not real that is real and i was like is that patrick bateman from american psycho that's not real how does he's just putting it out there he's like i want to fuck well, i didn't, couldn't see any other pictures he looks like a child is he, he's joking, right? I, he's not joking. I, I, anyway, that's hilarious. I think, so, the guy he's with there, the guy that he's got his arm around is way hotter than him. Yeah. The guy with the beard that in the picture. That guy's 34, so he's that age range we were talking about. Yeah. Um, well, you know what, though? I respect if he's actually putting all that shit down and that's who he is. I respect the fuck out of that. I, 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 I don't think he did it. I, you know what it is? I think you think his ex-girlfriend hacked his account. That, or he's been on bad dates, and he kind of is this person, uh. and so it's kind of a red flag to you ladies out there that come up with this prick. That's funny. And, you know, warning. I'm sure he and I would match right away. Sociopathics, just sociopaths, just absolutely. You're not match. into race play. No, I. Well, I, I not play. <laughs> I don't know what play is. I like. I mean, I like. I I definitely like. Um, dark, dark skinned men. Are, Irish with an act, compulsive liar. Gross. Not you. No, I don't like compulsive liars. And you're not a sex addict. No, not even close. Yes. Yeah, so I don't even give a, these are I you. don't give a fuck anymore. And you're not into Paul. See, yeah. I really think someone put this out here to be like red flag, red flag, red flag. Because there's guess. a lot of these guys out there. I guess. Mm. Oh, I guess. All right. Well, we. Uh, this has been an interesting conversation today about. 
dating profiles. I've had a fun time. We got to get, you got to get up to 420, baby doll. Oh, yeah. You take that. Are you, are you busting it today? Uh, the, well, I'm going to stop by bus- Purple Star because I don't have any mm. on me. And so I'm sure they're going to have a deal. I forgot to talk about San Francisco Transit Riders, which I will talk about that next week. Well, you get to take um, the 30, the 33 from 18th Street will take you right to Golden Gate Park. So if you go to Purple Star on Mission and uh-huh. then you walk from 21st, 20th, it's in between 21st, 21st and, yeah. So if you walk from 21st to 18th Street on Mission, right on the corner in front of Yamo, pick up the 33 and it'll take you up the hill and over and drop you right, right. where you want to go. Nice. Thank you. I use that all the time. Next week, I will uh, introduce you guys to what I actually do. Hell yeah. With, because uh, since I'm, I'm going to ha- be having to take more public trance, especially that's, it's my favorite thing. I'm over the moon that you, I want some Muni merch. I love Muni. I have such a hard on for Muni. You heard my story about how I didn't get raped because of the Muni driver. That was great. I mean, I fucking love Muni. I didn't realize that, you know, a lot of the lines have been kind of like out of commission because mm-hmm. of the uh, pandemic. Yeah. And on top of that, there's a driver shortage. Oh, yeah. So that's something that I've learned about with uh, with working with the San Francisco transit riders. So that's pretty cool. I, have, I really love uh, muni drivers so much they're like therapists and they're, they're anyways they're amazing people because crazy things happen on the bus and they deal with it so yay and you make you're on woo. woo well yay we'll go um up to hippie, hippie hill and have the best best time thank you and you have a great great I, time i am i'm gonna hit comedy tonight i'm gonna hit four shows so it's gonna be four pretty amazing yeah um and get getting my numbers up there thanks everybody for listening this has been uh some call me tim on mutinyradio.fm and .sf and happy 420 everyone happy 420 Yay. bye been chattering about it up until this point I mean, a notion's worth of, what do you keep calling it? Van der Wall. Oh that's right. Well it's us. Hello. The water droplet chirped at you. Yes I'm this bit of electron here, and that's my mate and we're headed in that direction for the big one, you know. If we can swing it? you clicked off the pen. He knew. Well we'd better get to the show, and the show must go on, he stated to Aria and they began walking a bit towards the theater. I'd like a bit more of that, she said to him, and they were grasping each other's hands now. I mean you couldn't ask him a bit more about the weather, eh? Well they've got their lot and we've got ours tonight. And I'm sure we'll all be alright if the lights don't go out? She shuddered. Oh yes. Well the generator is handy but we weren't planning for a long outage. We'd have to move the show if it goes out and long. But we'll see. Dot. They just hit the theater at 11, and front row Miranda was there with her notebook as Arya sat on one side and Q on the other, with some goobers for the show he'd picked up in the front. Dot. Lights dimmed except the beams coming from the rear towards the screen, and Miranda took out her notebook expectantly. She motioned the pen for Maria, who gave it to her and she began to draw. Dot. The film was an art film. Well. 
The three knew it wasn't a film at all, but a continuous loop of two and a half feet of cellulose with our little friends running around in the light, charting and orienting to the eyeballs on them in the audience. And the audience was amused. At very first by the geometric primitive shapes in 2D, then 3D, then color, and as the color was painted onto the 3D objects they began to spin and form more complex shapes, and color themselves and the lines from the shapes would become evident and the lines would change color, as gradients, and move into as other lines, also in 3D and starting making real pictures that one could readily see as animals and people and plants and small critters and then created was a backdrop which moved independently. Although some of the material critters or EGS would switch between front and background as needed, and instantly adjust its coloring to match the presentation which was the orientation of the rest of them, and us. The pictures began to tell a story, a story about the audience, about how they had traveled there, their day, perhaps the day before, and what was on their mind. Quite the little mind readers, aren't they? He turned and smiled past Miranda and onto Aria as Miranda began to draw in her notebook. And the pictures were then very much about the present. About this moment. And in fact began to draw the audience of seated. And it was very much like a mirror. Except the patterns were evident which thoughts were coming off which people in the audience. And Miranda was at the center. And more centrally centered. The pen. Metallic in which she continued to draw into the notebook. And the paper glimmered and she was drawing primitive shapes like triangles and circles and the pen was a thick metallic and all sorts of language flowed inside the metal as a communication of what she was drawing, thinking, and the light coming off the screen and its messaging. The screen now began, as if again, stopping abruptly and showing a countdown as a film starting might do. And it was a bit now into the future. Kind of like Christmas past in fact and began showing the storm outside and all the materials it had come to know about with contact with water and explained in pictures what the water wanted and why they were water in the first place, and to expound on it would just make literal sense, because they were in this place and the people and events were so specific to those moments, and ever-changing, that it was simply understood, and if you were watching it, you altered it and understood it as it altered you, and so forth and all the time. And Miranda drew a square into her notebook and scribbled into it a little poem, and the metallic seemed to like the poem and hurried around it, and the light from the theater shone on it a bit more, until the lights went out, and the film stopped, and the place was completely out now, sans the final metallic glow on the paper as they rushed to orient onto the poem, and the dimness became static. Olness and soft peat. For wit to eat. Ponder stitch. Neat said Q. And Miranda and Aria just paused a bit. We've got the program. For now Miranda gave the pen to Aria and closed her notebook. These guys will stick tight, but we have a bit more for them to do at the next showing. What should we do until then? More of the same, I guess, guessed Q. Right, and tapped his cuffs again at the two women and they got up and walked with him, to his left and continued on, and Aria grappled at Miranda's rear and motioned them along. And as motion goes, it was a pretty good one, and they carried on and carried each other in light conversation as the tris met in a spatial hazy oil which they stepped into and around and their rear view mirrors were reveled in and beveled shades of hues and trickles of water popped in to say hello, and the sky's night was a deep blue and heady ideas of a continuation of their prior episodic adventure carried themselves into the night, 
and eventually into the padded bed they adored, and with each other took some bliss and a time and a half to say hello to, to all their bits from forward and behind, and in and about, and onwards and upwards, etc. And they smiled and at a very early morning, or later later evening, Miranda opened up her notebook from the bedside above, and opened to the poem, and the light from her eyes reflected onto the page, and the poem winked back at her, and carried on with the paper for a second glimmer at Aria and the cue, and inside the poem, became a fractal of text, at first mirroring the poem, and they simply spelling out a series of images and text, a language meant for her. It was her laundry list in fact, and she laughed. How did you know about my knickers? She laughed and slapped the notebook closed and wrapped it neatly with a red string and placed it by her side. Q looked up with one eye, then closed it and put his hand on her buttock. Aria curled inwards and spooned Miranda from the left, and Miranda continued to smile at the thoughts going through Aria's and Q's minds. Geneva is always good a second time and she clacked the lights out and turned and they just spent some time with each other's juicier bits for a time, and time again as they do, and imagined in positions their bodies as it pleased them and each other, and the leisure of pleasure carried them in their evenings, like tonight, and with hope every night, and the sparkier bits were sparked and the water bits washed over them, and it was time and again, they took pause and drifted off to a warm sleep for the tryst of them to trust and read over the day on a new day like tomorrow was promising to be. Dot. The proceeding has been a mild delve into the adventuresome and others for the non-crudity of credulous credibilities in the ongoing saga of our friends and their living forms of grandulous grandurosity the EGS, and pendas in mightier and might be later for our pals. In a later episode. And forthwith is the side of knackers on a side trolley up the west side of highways and means for all who now and in the future, tense as in to say it backwards from the future, or in facts and fiction. Full stop. For the now, Aqua Q. Eddie like the truck stop bottle dropped sunside in a weathered balloon shot up to the side eleven aisle like those who follow down a highway towards the skyline oasis of puddles to smack her at. It was that kind of day again. And by day I mean the middle as is the maths of night and this is that and another for the quiet quite ledger of vertical drops for a robot to read to you and another and auto the all around roundness of all city the velo kind of cheese that boxes cook for the dips to chit away at and the meter sticks into it and makes a spicy splashed up bit of ooze to enjoy. For what else is there? Leisure is our pronoun tonight, and we name it thus so as to utilize the measure of bars and beats and treasure to bury for later as in the coin termed paper you neglected to write the evening before do drop sponders a muddy sandal toed continuation of a runner on sentences in a jail cellular conversation which a copywriter turned you on to, like a car keyed for digital entry in an age of golden ratio Fibonacci, the petal rose as grows on you, tattoo lady. What was her name again? came a quiet whisper across the room where needles drew and women showed their buttocks to other women to tauntle for, if that were a word, and it may be just and those drawings, where did you get them from? They are from a notebook I've been meaning to keep yet keep losing, as in my mind. She flipped through the art book, look here's another. Do you think that would look good here? Your other buttock? Yes and slightly to the left this time, see if I raise like this, and I'm on my side, you know. Well, for the shoot, 
I lost another one. That's the third needle this week. I've got to buy myself another set, but I've been using this one since the 80s. You know I draw on Mount Claire before her movie career. Remember she was all up into it and said it would never end. It was her buttock too. Funny choice of wordings. She had me right up there. Up where? Asked the notebook women. Oh, I see. She looked at the pictures Ava was showing her now. In any event, yes she's beautiful, and I never saw the films. Stag were they? Kind of dark lines there, don't you think? And what's that? Just that. It's just a star with an arrow through it. Clever if you're into a Cupid's way out of town, as she was. Well she was my invention. She'd come in during the middle of the week and let me draw and pay me in tips from the movies and we'd have a chat about what was next and next too, and sometimes we'd go in the backhand, well she was she and I was me and it was good to see her from all sides. And so the women lit up, her cigarette, and flipped through the book that was being handed to her, as Ava drew more on her right buttock and began to hum. It was a tune, out of and slight and they took their time away from each other and carried on in their minds. Mount Claire was flipping out, in the book in front of this young woman. Flip flip. And flipping. She's flipping people off there. And flipping over there. And over, and over there. And all over. What a spread. And what a book. She looked at the back cover. Nine and ninety-nine cents for this one. That's not bad for the eighties. I should get a bear. Like this? Ava turned her head up. Like you want that here? She motioned at one of the images from the book and pinched her patron's ass just a bit, and winked. Oh sure. I'd like a bit of Mount Claire, and some more about how she was. If that's part of the bargain it was. She looked at her arm a bit. Following the curves which had been drawn by her own hand in Starfire Times and Squared as in the city where she fled in a summer not far from the swelter that tripped it from her profession, which was high finance, so to speak. And that comes with a smile, if you're interested, said the now positively gleaming young Ava, and she put her hand on the notebook and closed it. And closed doors, for an afternoon, the two enjoyed a bit of by Mount Clare towards an in and around and about spiral and twists in the back and roomy sectional couched plotter which was the shop where pleases were aimed, like Cupid in the star. Dot. Oh carry on with it, then, I'll take more of that any day. Evening, here's my number. The paper read with A+, as in from Europe, or thereabouts, in the 31 range, if that was accurate, and it was and she began window shopping herself, to understate an understanding and she was eyed wide, with the rest of her, and shop she did, from the inside out. Slash slash. The cobble streets where shoemakers cobbled shoeries is our next road stop to a man who is also shopping, in the lives of facts and measures to dress as successor to a planet, just up the road, and to the left, and left to his own devices was he, outside in the rain where anything could him usually did, on his watch, happen. He looked at his watch, watched, and watched we was. He was followed eastwardly and down a bit until he was noticed and there was a bit of closure in and some cars began to pull around, and other men got out of cars and began to walk towards the man, all the while the man stopped, to gently see what was moving and in which direction, and to see who stopped and who was near. And the nearest to him pulled out a packet of papers, neatly tied as in a manila envelope, and tucked it under his arm. You'll want to come with me, 
Shall we take a walk? A bit of a pause, a slightly uneasy, our character, looked, and turned with the man to have a conversation, and they walked. You know, you left us up last winter, we have the pictures you know. It was a crazy run finding you, you're not so easy to spot when you're not making waves like Geneva, are you? Did they all make it out? asked the man. Yes all but three, we have them. They're safe and within means and agreed to help us find you, if you can find them came the reply. Oh, I see, and that was what they told me this morning as well. I declined. Of course you did, that's why we're, I mean, I'm here. Yes the cars. Not so obvious that anybody would notice that down the corridor, eh? All shopping at Marks and Spencer again? I mean the budget reads like a show stocked by one and the only, what was her name again? Penelope. Yes she runs the numbers and thought we'd all get new coats if we found you. Clever, look this has enough pockets to line yours, and etc. Here. Take the envelope. I've got to get going and wanted to give you time to read and such. And the bridge is over there. I suggest you take a stroll and give it some thought. And if you don't jump over the side of that bridge, I'll take it as read that you're in and we can get on to business. Take it gently, Mr. Gent. Drab was his humor, read to the collage of photos from the Spy X and tucked and bobbed away at the London fog he had worn himself. Page 11 is the one we want and he walked away. Dot. Leafing through this dossier was like a seeming seemingly of a party he was at just last year. All dead or alive. As per usual, he looked closely at one, ticked it out from between the pages, folded it into his pocket and tossed the rest over the side of that small bridge that was meant as a joke, but was perfect for recycling these matters, like water under a bridge, no less. He chortled gently and moved on forward and on to his next stop, with a telephone. Dot. The phone chimed dot dot for twelve and a half minutes. The operator was listening. You could hear her breathing. All right in there Mavis? Got enough toffees to last the conversation this was her exchange and she knew the party he was trying to reach. She out you know. Went down to the pub half past, you can still find her there she just rung up Pete and they're all on their way about to their next stop, if you can catch her. Thanks Mavis. You've saved my life on this one, and I'll send more toffees when I get out of the aisle. Click. Notebook under her arm. Man on the other, the young women walked out the pub and into a black cab. They rode into the city evening, with music from Bolero playing lightly on the stereophonic speaker dial-tuned radio program. And this is Radio 11, the driver turned down the volume. So it's West End again, eh? You client. All right, it's just up into that house, there. He pointed. And when you get it, you'll need this bottle of Dom and that's your entry into the back room, get it? and get it. We have 25 minutes and you should finish, or he'll finish you, and me. And I'll be round to pick you up, on time. Right? Right, she got out with the bottle and walked up to the steps, stepped up and took her key out. She jiggled her bosom in the lock and fingers the bottle of champagne just gently enough to remind herself that this was her job of jobs tonight. And she looked good. She peeled up her dress and showed her garter to the driver winked, and rode in on the bottle towards the rear of the flat, and her client's client client. Dot. 
James sat up from the comfort of his suede couch and couched his cigar between his lip and breathed out. He took the bottle from the young women, who he knew as Claudia. Would you like a glass oh it's chilled? But you're hot. Here. He poured two glasses, clicked them himself, and handed her one, which she held up, to the artwork on the eastern wall. It's nice she said, to the artwork reminiscent of Rampart. Or that other one. You know her accent was gently dumbed down for this one. She knew it was. And was. She stammered. Good one, she thought to herself. Yes. I forget myself with that one, which is why we're here, again, right? To forget ourselves and get ourselves, on, in fact. Or was there another matter you came about? I keep coming, back and forth, for you and the plug, you know the show? Got any interests this time I should know about? I mean last time was a surprise. And a good one. Yes interest. High-heeled interest like the bank rolled Royces of Pottery Barn Yard animal cookies glistened softly in a chewy ooze of sauntering sonder muck pie jubilee between cold winter sheets to the wind galloped velvet candied apple smotter. What? She learned that from Q. She bonged him on the head and smiled. She took some rope out of pocket, motioned, and tied him up a bit, to her pleasure, and then took out a pair of handcuffs and fixed his shoes to the chair picked up the remainder of the bottle of champagne, and poured it into his mouth as he smiled expectantly. The bottle was of course drugged, and his smile turned into a half-grin as he began to look as if he was having a stroke. He seemed alright, just couldn't get on with moving any, and she pulled a bottle of pills from her purse and left it by his chair. Just enough for now, I've got to get on with getting off from here now. Let me just take a few notes and I'll be off she reached into his breast pocket and took his wallet, with some loose notes which seemed fresh and currenty. And a small pouch with a diamond, of sorts. This is a bit more my speed she eyed the lattice structure as it gleamed and pulsed a bit as she brought it close to some power in her purse, I won't be back again. But the gents will to finish up. Best of luck with them. Their light staff tonight, shouldn't hurt your feeling too badly. She picked up her dress, snapped her garter at him and clicked the door closed behind her as the car pulled around and she hopped into the back seat this time, with the very berry sort of a man she'd been looking for all evening. The map opened up between them as peaks and valleys in the legend too, golden and blissed right up for a tremor of a ride downtown, and around the bend, bent up slightly and to the left. Driven home, for the nowity of sake, and shaken gently, as in gentlemen, and jacked slightly without a boozy under, but plucked and swirled, until they were fast asleep, and the sun horizon hit the other side of the planet again, for this another day in the continuation of continuity. The preceding episodic climatoidal fries modastical trollop portion of OEUS had been whizzed up the middle ground of wired magnetics for the very purposes of proposed time-space displacement and should be willed and rendered thusly on your papers and screened lightly. Photoshopped is for windows and the Mac truck stop great and grated for cheese on and a finish for your evening as well. This is Aka Q and we bid a fair fair and well, from this Radio 11C3W. Hello this is Serena, the other other voice of our very special mutiny radio featured our, Radio 11, with Aqua Q, broadcasting Mondays at 5pm Pacific, 
as in the pacified pacifier of the suck and unsuck for your listening leisure, and we're also here to say that the mutt is all of us needs mutiny radio entertainment, and thus in this we are, so please consider a donation we are mutiny radio on Venmo, and if you want to be extra special, write in radio 11 in the ledger to let our director know what's special these mid-afternoons, and now straighten up, and listen side a ways away and means to lean forwards to the tune of mutinyradio.fm. Today on Radio 11 we heard the blockchains of love and concurrency, our characters paged, and heavy headstop featuring Miranda from the Trist it's near 6 o'clock and you can find us on aquaqlabs.com and as well Twitter and Facebook do enjoy your dew and sunshine this fine Monday and day and night for the now and again. Radio 11, this is AquaQ. Higher levels are a and okay so long as you've got the current seeds of change, but to dip out of a lick a stick powder and expect your brain to work in moments towards the undoing of a what's being done with your chemical makeup, smackered on like a whore who likes sound of lifesavers gummed up alongside the bow of a shipyard belly full of rum, not light conversation, where they point and jab into those literal bits of ones and zeros for a simple walk on down the hall and a hammock to capture your buttocks, should you continue with that candy filling, said a dentist on nitrous or was it Marvin the Martian, or just Steve with a uke, as a side gig. Then and now are very much the same, loped up as sticky tape if they've got their eye on you, and you can be looking completely, and else, and where, and never find them looking back to and in award for your chocolates to spreal the dwarfins and outs of a long haul of the aldehyl type. The wafer thing body, sheds not for wet playfulness for the longer term, as innate, as incontractable like an umbrella on a rainy day which was yesterday, followed up a field of dreamery that being and dry may be fine like the city of Champagne when they've shipped all the stuff away, yes that would be a dry town and a drugged up planet with only one savior of a hole in the wall, or was that its glory, hum, for a nickel back, its redemption, valued at pi. So now, once again, as before and mentioned with an O oh and a wow which is perhaps a fancy no turned upside down, we bring the floor slightly back, so that we may walk slightly and forward, which is to say the tram will be ready and crew are now decking the halls with vapor. This is AquaQ Live and Studio 3 Mobility is just at today's start of Radio 11. 2021 and the January 9th. So I'm going to try and talk loud, but hey, this is Bug House Square. Um, thanks for doing what you got to do to get here, and um, I'm going to do the rest. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Hey, this week I'm uh, I'm uh, not sure what I got going. Um, uh, it's something good though. Uh, I didn't 
it's weird. It's like I had something in mind, but I just it's it was so vast that I, I like words can't realize. Rainy night down in the engine house Sleeping just as still as a mouse Man come along and he chased us out in the rain Was that a vigilante man? Stormy days we'd pass the time away Sleeping in some good warm place Man, come along and we give him a little race. Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, unite all you working men. Killed him in the river. Some strange man was that a vigilante man. Vigilante man Why does a vigilante man Carry that sawed off shotgun in his hand Would he shoot, shoot his brother, his and, brother sister. and sister down I rambled around from town to town I rambled around from town to town and they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land
my teeth in my hands So I can miss the hair of the night Yeah. 